Get in, losers. We're talking about our feelings. Okay, welcome. We're here with the one, the only, Ellie. <laughs> like, do you want me to say Wait, name? that was the first thing that I had on, that I had to ask you was, do you want to go by, like, Ellie? Yeah. Ellie? yeah. Okay. Because, like, on all your socials and stuff, like. Yeah, it's my government name. Okay. So, was the goal, like, whenever you set up your socials and stuff, like, to kind of rebrand, or is that just, like, no, for your just business? To be, yeah, consistent with the business so that when yeah. people search for me, they're searching for, like, Right, right. Yeah, I like it. It sounds... And because everyone from high school knows me as Ellie, so right. if they're, like, looking for me, they have to try harder. Right. You're still in my <laughs> phone as... I think it's, like, Ellie R.A. West. And I don't want to change it because, That's I don't so know, cute. all those people from college that, like, you don't expect to, like, kind of get close to, mm-hmm. where you're, like, Jason from government class, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. you guys date for 10 years <laughs> And like you get married. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of, do you want to kind of hop into um, our history and like how we met and stuff? Do you want me to start with like telling people who I am? (laughs) You're like, will you please ask me something about myself? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was first. You're right. (laughs) Um, So give us like the lowdown on who you are, kind of like your background, your education, like what you do now, what your vibe is. I really should have prepared this part. (laughs) It's okay. This is like when you're in class and some the teacher's like, okay, go around the room, give us your name, three fun facts, and the whole time you're just like, what are my fun facts? I know you're not even listening to anyone else because you're just (laughs) like, like, yeah, freaking out. Yeah. Um. So I'm Ellie. I am a boudoir photographer. I've been in business for just about three years. Um, What's my vibe? My vibe, my vibe. So when you were, you graduated in 2018 at USI. mm -hmm, I graduated December 2018 from USI. Oh, I forgot that you graduated Uh mid-year. And then literally two weeks later, I launched my business and moved to Bloomington. Wow, I didn't know it was that soon after graduation. Mm -hmm. Like immediately. I already had an apartment, so I was, like, slowly moving stuff up. Yeah. And then, yeah, after I graduated, I just moved and started my business. Yeah. So that's something I wanted to ask was, like, because I remember when we were RAs together, which was, like, sophomore year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I got fired junior year. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about that (laughs) if you want to. I'm happy to. (laughs) But um, when we were, like... You were either in art or education. What was your? Art education. Art education. Yeah, oh, pre- perfect. Um, so, like, I wanted to ask, like, when that flip happened, like, when that transition, was it when you started working? Yeah, I think it was about a year into the job. I found myself. So, a year into working for her, I was. Which was, like, your junior, junior year? Okay. Yeah, around the time I got fired because. Before that, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again. Like, this might be my thing. Maybe I'll go into higher ed. Um, but around that time I started realizing I was having more fun going to work and I wanted to be at work and not go to class. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, maybe I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, which you were interested. So for anyone that doesn't know, Ellie and I both worked for a local photographer. Um, I worked for her, I don't know, maybe six months ish. Um, and then the photographer needed some more help. So, um, 
You I don't recruited know. me. Did I? Yeah. Well, I you were telling me about your job, and I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to get groceries for somebody. That's Yeah, but dream. also you were, like, you were kind of into photography before yeah, I've that. Yeah, been into photography since yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew a lot more than I did. Um, well, I had my, like, <clears throat> shitty WordPress blog, so I was right. like, already taking pictures. Yeah, of yeah. You already knew kind of the elements of photography, um, and you knew blogging, and you knew social media and stuff. I really didn't know any of that. I just was a good, like, errand boy, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, So I was working for her. Um, We recruited Ellie because she needed more help. I quit. Um, So Ellie and I really only worked together for, like, a few weeks. It was not long at all. Um, And then Ellie worked for her for quite a while. Two years. Yeah, a long time. And I started as an assistant like you, and then over time I worked my way up to being the studio manager, and Mm -hmm. I did everything. Yeah, like the main person. Yeah. Yeah. So Wing woman. Yeah. So tell me more about, like, going to Bloomington after graduating and stuff, like opening your business and... Yeah, so, so... So I graduated in December 2018. I was dating someone who lived in Bloomington, worked for IU. So I decided I was just going to move up. We were going to move in together. So right after graduation, I made the big move and I officially started my business in Bloomington. And I knew like maybe three people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and for wow. like the first three months of the year, I think maybe I made $1,500. Wow. And I was just shooting everything I could. And around the middle of 2019, I kind of hit more of my stride with boudoir and I was booking more of it. Did you start as exclusively boudoir or? Okay. I was doing portraits. Seniors? Mm -hmm. I did some seniors. I did some engagements. I did one wedding that was an absolute shit show. Mm -hmm. Um, I did branding portraits for people. I did a lot of graduation photos around that time because all my friends were Mm -hmm. graduating too. Um, and then I did some boudoir. Mm-hmm. But as I was going, I was like, I really like boudoir the most. So I started my Instagram page and I really niched down and focused only on boudoir. And now that's all that I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of tell us like where your business is now and like what you think your ideal client is and like all that. Okay. So my business now, it's grown a lot in the last two years. So much so that I'm having trouble, like, dealing with it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I Now I have my own studio, downtown Evansville. Um, I see, I think my max is, like, five clients a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And I work with everyone really individually. It's really collaborative. We work together to design something that matters to them and reflects who they are instead of just being, like, pumping people in and out and giving everyone the same photos. Yeah, it's not, like a cookie cutter experience to plug the podcast name (laughs) (laughs) but it's you can tell even by looking at Ellie's photos like it's so individualized and you can see the girls personalities coming through the photos one of my best friends had a shoot with her um maybe like a year year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and like you can just so tell the type of person that she is through those pictures. And even people that I don't know that I look at your pictures, I'm like, oh, it's just, it's incredible. And you like have such an eye. And this is something Ellie and I have talked about before, but we definitely like know a lot of kind of local people, I guess, that are super like 
girl power and you know what I mean? Yeah, Super. Boston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just kind of talk about like, I don't know. Ellie's just so genuine and not to bash anyone else. It just, I can definitely tell when people aren't being themselves like, on social like, media. I yeah. I don't know if that's something that other people are super in tune with. They are. Okay. Yeah, because I talk to my clients a lot. And yeah, I don't think it's bashing. It's just that everyone has their own lane, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that the way that I approach things is so different than the way anyone else does. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can really tell the difference. And I try really hard to be as transparent as I can be. That's like a huge value of mine is to be really transparent and really true to myself. And Mm -hmm. I almost talked about this on my stories the other day, but I saved it for a different time. But I think I don't shoot, (laughs) shoot people. I don't photograph people differently based on who they are. I photograph everyone the same way. I pose everyone the same way. Are you talking about who they are, like body types? Body type or okay. as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> unless they have something specific they want to do or a certain something they're going for, I really photograph everyone the same way. But I think because of the way I hold space for them in the studio, it lets them let their personality out and relax into it and lets me capture who they are mm-hmm. um, instead of like trying to force a certain type of picture to happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think with... Like, in the past couple of years, I think in the world, there's been kind of this craze of, like, self-employment and wouldn't you say so? But I don't I don't know, like, where that started. But maybe it's just millennials who were, like, graduating from college and who were getting into the workforce and then realizing, oh, shit, like, like this I'm is not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know it might be different for you since you – I didn't know that you straight went into – you know, right after school. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing. I think um, I think February of that year I made $200, mm-hmm. like, enough to cover my expenses. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, nothing. Yeah. But as I, as I learned how to market myself online and through social media, it really exploded, I would say. Yeah. I think part of it, though, the reason why so many um, millennials, especially millennials our age, are getting into – self-employment is because we don't value the same things our parents generation valued thank god really we really value being fulfilled and feeling happy Mm -hmm. um in work not just going to work to pay the bills but really enjoying our work and enjoying Mm -hmm. our lives um so i think that's why people are pursuing their hobbies and things that they're passionate about beyond the nine to five Mm -hmm. desk jobs and i think it's like the easiest time ever to do something that You love, you know, because of social media and because of worldwide shipping and whether you're making um, a physical product or doing something like you or I. Well, I guess I do make a physical product, but you know what I mean. Um, I don't ship or anything. Yeah, it's so accessible. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is free. Yeah. And that's, you know, we've seen so many people blow up on social media, whatever, Mm -hmm. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, And I'm sure like you feel the same way I do, where if it was just word of mouth or any other type of advertising and you didn't have social media advertising, you wouldn't have a business. No, 90% of my clients come from Instagram. Same. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because it's a free. Yeah. Because I'm not in control of it. Right. It is scary. Yeah. I love, I love Instagram. I do too. (laughs) Yeah. We get 
I would say 95% of orders from social media. Yeah. And like you said, it is scary at times because you don't have that control over it. But also I'm so grateful because the tools that social media holds, like the fact that I can target a specific group of people in a specific area, specific age group, interests, hobbies, like it's scary at times, but it's also like, it's so nice for small businesses. Yeah. Well, and it's hard for me because I see as in my industry, I see a lot of other boudoir photographers. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I see a lot of boudoir photographers getting banned and reported and their photos taken down Mm -hmm. and getting their accounts deleted. And so that's a scary aspect of it for me because it just reminds me that I don't own anything that I put out there. Um, But at the same time, it brings in so many different types of people and it's so easy on social media to share things with your friends and to tag people and it's really easy to get the word out there. Mm -hmm. And especially with reels now on Instagram and TikTok, the virality of things. Yeah. Is really yeah crazy. Yeah. I know. Um, can you talk about kind of like how you structure your day, like being self-employed? Because <laughs> I don't structure my day. <laughs> I literally <laughs> um I wake up at like if I don't have ledger, honestly, like yeah. I'll sleep in until like eight or nine. Um this morning I slept in until nine. Because I worked on the podcast until like 2 a.m. last night. And then got up at 9, finished baking for Penny Lane for a few hours, took pictures for Penny Lane, posted for Penny Lane, um, worked on a Penny Lane contract that I have with them, sent that over, um, and then like prepped for the podcast, took a shower, changed into a new pair of pajamas from my dirty pajamas (laughs) and then we'll do this I'll edit this and then I'll go pick up ledger this evening like it's it's I don't know if you feel this way it's so nice to be able to structure your day however you want because every day is so different but also it's like I do miss the stability of like a nine to five I go into the office every day, have the same routine, you know. Or even working for a small business, just having someone tell you when to be at work and when you're going to leave. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. So I sleep in every day. I don't like alarms. If I don't have a session, I don't set an alarm. I would say I get up between 8.30 and 9, 9.30 mm-hmm. is around the time I roll out of bed. I used to sleep in until noon. I didn't start working until 1. I can't. Because I worked better at night, so I'd work from like 1 to 10 or something yeah. ridiculous. Um, so I get up. Around nine, I would say my morning routine takes about two hours because I don't like to be rushed in the morning. And Mm -hmm. I just find that I was pressuring myself to start working at nine and like structure it like a nine to five. Mm -hmm. But that made me miserable. And I was like, I'm in charge. Why am I doing this? Yeah. So I do my little morning routine for a couple hours. I like make breakfast and I watch a show and I play Animal Crossing and I feed my little fish and I just like live my dreams. (laughs) Yeah. My office hours technically start at 10. So if someone DMs me or messages me, I'll like get back to them between 10 and 11. But um, that's interesting. So do you wait until like your working hours to DM people back? Or if I DM you at 2 a.m. and you're up, you'll DM back? Um, I have a really bad habit of emailing people back after my office hours Mm -hmm. I try not to but sometimes especially when an inquiry comes in that's like not my contact form but someone like took the time to send me an email I like to respond right away if I see it and if I'm able to and just be like hey I saw this I'll get back to you Mm -hmm. tomorrow at this time I just want you to know I see you Mm -hmm. um but 
I, I really try not to because it's just such a bad habit. Yeah. And I, I'm so bad at crossing my own boundaries that I'm trying really hard to rein it in. Um, but so I usually start working around 11 at my desk and I do that until 6.30 or 7. Mm-hmm. And then Dylan comes home from work and then yeah. we have our like evening routine. Yeah. Do you have a habit of like sitting down on the couch with your laptop and working or are you very like no I will only work in my office like I really like a change of pace um before COVID I would take my laptop to the coffee shop or work at the kitchen table I have a desktop now so I do a lot of my work at the desk that's so nice um especially for editing I only do it at the desk because it just makes sense Mm -hmm. but if I have different like admin stuff to do I'll just take the laptop to the couch if I'm not feeling the desk also, I don't work straight through the day because my brain can't handle it. I'll, like, work for an hour and then I'll, like, fart around and clean something right. or whatever. Right. I'm really bad about scrolling Instagram for too long and yeah. being like, okay, check rain it in. Yeah. Um, but I, I learned about this new, it's called the Pomodoro Method, where you work for, I think the way I do it, I do, like, 25 minutes and then take a five-minute break. Oh, cool. Um, and I started doing that with, like, ambient, like rain sounds Mm -hmm. and music and stuff and that really helps me focus Mm -hmm. instead of like a podcast or music that's just like so distracting yeah yeah so that's the way my work usually goes that's cool I want to try that I definitely work better when I have a set time um I feel like I have not like specific increments like that but I have a lot of instances like that where I'm baking and there will be like a 12 minute timer on the oven and I'm Mm -hmm. like okay, let me go work for 12 minutes. You know what I mean? And that's something that surprised me when I had Ledger was I was like, I'm not going to ever be able to get anything done with a baby. But he slept so much when he was a newborn. So it was like, okay, he'd be up for an hour. And then I'd put him down and I'd know I'd have like an hour and a half to two hours to work. So honestly, I think I, yeah, I was like more productive Right, because then you're like, okay, I only have until he wakes up. It's yeah. like a ticking bomb. Right. Like, okay, I have to be really diligent. Right. And now with, you know, him being a toddler, I can't really do that. But I still get that hour and a half nap in his afternoon where I try to get a ton done. Yeah. But I was just talking to dad about this, which is why I wanted to ask you, um, because I've realized in the past four, almost five months of like being self-employed that. I need structure because I like cannot keep waking up and just like lollygagging around Mm -hmm. and just like and then I'm up at 2 a.m. like baking cupcakes and it just I used to work for like 8 to 12 hours a day where I didn't really work I really scrolled and I procrastinated and I was miserable Mm -hmm. and I just realized that that was so ridiculous and I would rather do dedicated work for four or five hours and do whatever I want for the rest of the day than try to work for 10 hours and get nothing done. Yeah. Because I can get the, I can get more done in four hours than the average person. I would say I'm really productive and I'm really efficient, but I, if I give myself too much time, I just, yeah, I just Mm -hmm. want to gag and I Mm -hmm. don't get anything done. So yeah, I've tried to just be like, okay, you have to go into work at 11 Mm -hmm. and you're going to work until one and then you're going to take your lunch. And I, really tried to be the boss and like structure my day yeah yeah and we went from such a like we went from school to you went straight into your business I went straight into a corporate job Mm -hmm. and obviously like I had deadlines and stuff for my job 
But now being self-employed, I don't have deadlines. Like I, Not I in the same way. Right, yeah. right. Like I, you know, have to – I have specific days that I deliver stuff to Penny Lane. I obviously have specific dates for cookie orders. But things that are just super – like I had to write this contract for Penny Lane. And I told Brian that I would get it to him in a few days. And it's like, exactly. It's yeah. like – you know, two days went by, I didn't do it. Three days went by. And then yesterday was the fourth day. I was like, I have got to send this. <laughs> Your brain starts being like, okay, we'll define a few. Exactly. I'm a like, well, so it was a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like. A few business days. Brian. Exactly. And I saw this thing on TikTok and it was like, keep promises to yourself. Like yes. hold yourself accountable. Like when you say you're going to do something. Do it. It's, you know, because I would never tell you I'm going to do something and not do it. Right. So why do I let myself down? Why do I not respect my own boundaries? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think it's fine if you just aren't feeling it, but I take not feeling it to the next level and I just let it go on and on and on Forever. until I literally like, and then it takes 10 minutes and I'm like, why did, why I? did I put that? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll like set something out for myself and be like, okay, I'm going to do that later. And yeah. I put it off for a week and then, yeah, it takes me 10 minutes and yeah. I'm like, I hate myself. Yeah. Why didn't I just do it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to be a small business owner and be in charge of everything that you do all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially for us. I mean, you have your mom with the cookie aspect, but as like solopreneurs, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have employees. We don't have assistants. And mm-hmm. it's like doing everything yourself all the time can be really overwhelming if you don't manage your time well, if you just let yourself. I stopped doing sessions on back-to-back days because I was just like, Mm. this is too much for one person to do. Yeah. I'd love to hire someone, but I just, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Business-wise. Yeah. So it's just, I just gotta chug through, you know? Do you find yourself, um, like, having any difficulties conveying your prices to clients or conveying no. like your time or your work or no I think I do a good job setting expectations from the beginning I have a booking guide that I send that walks through what to expect and how things work and I set invoices to pay automatically if they choose a payment plan so that I'm trying to avoid late payments and chasing down money as much as I can um also the management system I use is sends automatic payment reminders so mm. no one forgets um, but most of the clients I attract because they come to me from Instagram, they're already getting that like value in the education that I'm putting out there. And I think most people see the value of what I do. And I, in a long time, I haven't had someone question that's why awesome. I charge what I charge, yeah. which I like. That's awesome. Because I don't think I would put up with that. Yeah, I definitely. I, would, I think I would be like, you value it or you don't. And if right. you don't value it, go find someone cheaper. Right. So that's definitely my mindset. I don't have any problem with like upping prices because... I think we talked about this the other day. Like, if everyone is booking, everyone that messages us about cookies. It's a problem. It's a problem that everyone is saying, okay, yep, sounds good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, And I feel like I, I don't want to ever explain how much time goes into baking custom cookies for a party or whatever. Because either you see it or you don't, kind of in my mind. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I think my mom and I have kind of been like struggling with pricing and with telling old customers that are now repeat customers since prices. we've upped our price, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a tricky thing to navigate. And 
different people, like you could tell someone, okay, it's $28 for custom sugar cookies. And some people would be like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. I would never pay that much. And then you'd have people that would be like, oh my gosh, that's a steal. Like, yeah. And so (laughs) it just, I never want to market towards, I don't know how to, I'm like, I never want to market towards poor people. (laughs) That's not at all what I, I never, you don't want to be the budget option. Correct. I feel that getting boudoir photos or getting custom custom sugar cookies for your party is a luxury item. I agree. And if you want to go to Walmart and get cookies or you want to go to JCPenney and get your family photos done, that is amazing. And I have done that plenty of times, you know? Yeah. But sometimes you want something a little bit different, a little bit like, uh, not higher, a little bit more, more custom, personal. more personal. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I don't know. It's, it's so hard because obviously we have our own, um, our own insecurities about like our own work. percent. Yeah. And I look at my cookies and obviously compare them, especially since we are so into social media. Yeah. I'm sure you, as do I, get a lot of inspiration from other photographers yeah, and other absolutely. poses, other models, you know. Um, and it's hard to not, like, compare and be like. Oh, that's so much better. Than right. Maybe I should stop. Yeah. 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 But I always kind of remind myself, like, everyone started from somewhere, like. Yeah. You know, the cookiers that I look up to and think are absolutely incredible, like they were where I was and um And they've been doing it for ten years. Of yeah, good. yeah. Yeah. I have to remind myself of that a lot. I just upped my session fee because I realized I was burning myself out. I was like, I have to take on fewer clients, and if I'm taking on fewer clients, I have to charge more. Right. Um and I just this is gonna sound like a humble brag, but I just wasn't getting rejected enough. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who was serious about booking booked, mm-hmm. which is great, but that tells me that I need to up my prices because I'm in demand. Right. Um, and I think... I and in my opinion, you shouldn't be in demand and super stressed out. I agree. If you're in demand, that stress level should be going down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or allocated differently. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I agree. What we do is a luxury service. It's a luxury product. And that comes with a price tag. But I think both of us also value being accessible, Mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why I offer payment plans for every investment that someone makes with me without adding interest on for choosing a payment plan. Right. Um, It's really important to me that no matter what you do or who you are, to make this accessible to people. Right. Um, Because I think everyone deserves to be captured in the way they want to be captured. And I don't think there should be a barrier to entry right no matter what it is right and everyone should be able to have like special moments in their life yeah. you know with nice photographs that they feel confident and they feel captures okay so newly 25 yeah. and I'm also newly 25 um so tell me about like if you thought you would be here at 25 like what you think of your life <laughs> Ellie's like I'm depressed <laughs> Real talk, I'm going to therapy. <laughs> That's real life. Um, no, I absolutely don't. I never would have pictured the life I'm living right now, but I think... Do you like it? Love it. Mm-hmm. Happy about it. It doesn't sound like it, but I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think, though, since we 
became friends as RAs. RAs in college, I think we both have lived about a million lives since then. Oh my gosh. It feels like I've been so many different people Mm -hmm. in the last five years. Um, So no, I never would have pictured this. I absolutely wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't met you, if I hadn't taken that job, if I hadn't trusted that job, if I hadn't gotten fired. There are so many different things that if they hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. This is wasn't even in the realm of possibility mm-hmm. five years ago. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Um, I think I've had to do a lot of work since becoming a business owner and having to make a lot of choices for myself. I've had to do a lot of work really getting back to who I am as a person. I, I think I did a lot of kind of chameleoning in my early 20s of just trying to match the person who I was with or the person who I admired and trying to um, just kind of form myself to be whatever they wanted me to be, like people pleasy. Um, so I've had to do a lot of work to figure out like what I want and realizing that my experience in life matters as much as the person who I'm sharing my time with, whether it's a significant other or a boss or a professor or whatever. So I think a lot of, for me, discovering myself in my 20s has been Thinking back to who I was before, this is going to sound so cliche, before the world <laughs> sunk its claws into me, you know, before you have all yeah. these different life experiences, thinking back to who I truly was as a child and being like, oh, these are all the things I like to do. Realizing I didn't have any hobbies besides work was um, like mind blowing. Like, oh, my God, I don't like to do anything. Mm-hmm. What did I like to do as a kid? I should do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a big process this last year, especially of getting back to like, I'm a whole person who likes to do things. I don't live to run my business. Mm. Um, and I think it's always a process because we're always changing. Yeah. And we were talking about that um, at the coffee shop the other day that like who we are in this past year since COVID is completely different. And I know like your surrounding life didn't necessarily change. Yeah. You had already been, like, working from home. Yeah. So your, you know, your surroundings yeah, didn't necessarily change. change a lot. Yeah. But, like, you know, we were just talking about how in the past year it's been, like, such a self-reflective time. Yeah. With having so much time back to ourselves. I mm-hmm. mean, right. My day-to-day didn't change with work. I worked from home anyway. Not a lot changed for me, which I'm lucky Yeah. that not a lot changed for me. But at the same time, I had to move an entire month and a half of sessions later um, and kind of reschedule the rest of my year. So I had a lot more time on my hands to think, well, what do I want to do with this? I don't have any sessions. I'm not shooting anything. I'm not editing. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to do with my time? Um, and it led to a lot of self-reflection. I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. I'm not treating myself like a person. Mm-hmm. And figuring out who you even are and, like, if you you want to be. Yeah, and if you really like yourself. Like, I realized in this past year, I'm like, holy shit, like, I don't think I like myself, you know? Like, (laughs) I don't think I like myself. I don't think I'm a good person. I don't think I am the type of friend that I would want to be friends with. I'm for sure not the type of girl I'd want to date. <laughs> for sure not the type of girl I would want Ledger to date, you know? Mm. And so, I don't know. I've just been trying to work on that. And um, like you said, I think as you get older, you obviously hopefully change and evolve and keep learning what you like and learning who you are. But also there are like 
those core things that you developed as a kid that I feel like maybe will always be around. Like, I feel like I developed kind of anxiety and a little bit of depression and um, a lot of issues, honestly, (laughs) that I feel like I think I tried to suppress those a lot in college and stuff. But now that I'm like finally coming to terms with like, okay, I'm always going to have an eating disorder. It's just like now I kind of know how to deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I agree. And I think, I think we definitely have core pillars of our personalities that always stay the same, but learning how to be more emotionally intelligent and how to be a good friend and how to be a good partner and be a person who you want to be learning about our own values outside of our parents and our, you know, people we look up to. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, I know you say, I think a lot of the issues that we run into as adults have been building throughout our lives. I know for me, because I also deal with anxiety, depression, um, yeah, a million issues. And I think a lot of them started when I was young Mm -hmm. and in college, I didn't address them. I just pretended like they didn't exist. And now it's all catching up to me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. shit, I need to talk to a therapist. Yeah. I'm fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I can say that on the podcast. Yes, you can. (laughs) This is a dirty podcast. (laughs) This is a late night after dark. (laughs) Hide your kids. Hide your wives. (laughs) Okay, tell me, um, if you're comfortable, tell me about the RA scandal. Oh, let's go. I am happy to tell you about that. Okay, so as a preface, um, Ellie and I, that's how we met. We were RAs together, which is resident assistants at USI. So you kind of help out with housing. And you're still you're still a student, kind of they helping. Like yes, yeah. you're a student helping helping students. students. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. I, I just don't like the entire idea of um, RAs, but um, I kind of had a little bit of a sour experience. I did too. Okay, so you want to <laughs> tell me yours? So we both did it our sophomore year. I didn't go back my junior year. I was kind of over it. And Ellie got hired again her junior yeah. year with a couple of our other friends. And I was going to be an SRA, a senior oh, resident I didn't assistant. Know that. But I was really anxious about it. And I was like, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not going to do it. Um, and then after I didn't do it, I found out that they really wanted me to. Aww. And I had an SRA that slacked off a little bit. And I filled in her shoes a lot. And I, because I'm such a natural leader, um, and you can read natural leader as a control freak. <laughs> um, so I have a tendency to take charge and, you know, be right. that, that person. Um, so I had decided this is going really well. They really want me to step into this role. After this year, I'm going to apply for the SRA position and mm-hmm. have a little more responsibility. So for those of you who don't know, um, every staff had a certain number of RAs, depending on how many buildings they had and how many students they had in those in those buildings. And then each team had an SRA that was kind of the liaison between our area coordinator, our bosses, and the regular RAs. Mm -hmm. So they had a little more responsibility. And they were usually older, right? A little bit older, yeah. They Well, to be an SRA, you have to be an RA for a year. Okay. So they were a little bit older. They had more experience, and they had more duties and, like, manager-type stuff Mm -hmm. to do, admin-type stuff to do. So. Um, I was going to do that, and I was like, I am a shoe-in. I'm already doing this job. I'm great at it. Yeah. Let me, like, that's what I'm going to do. And I had been working as a photo assistant for a little while, and I was like, this is a great side job, but I really like this. 
And so at that point, I had been in it for a year and a half. We were just finishing out our winter semester. And it was (laughs) all of the students were gone. It was the literal night before they were going to say, okay, you can go home for winter break. It was that night. At 8 a.m., we were going to be dismissed and able to leave with everyone else. So there were no students. It was just RAs, just mm-hmm. area coordinators on campus. And um, one of the staffs, the smallest staff, had a little get-together. <laughs> You're like, apartment. a little soiree, if you will. <laughs> and there, was only, there was only like five or six of them. Um and they started drinking on campus, which is not allowed. Even if you're 21, you're still not allowed, which is ridiculous to me. I don't know if they – have they changed it? Probably not because they suck. Okay. Um, no. I mean, most campuses are dry campuses. Right. But they're really strict about it. So was anyone there 21 or – Yeah, I would say it was about half and half. I okay. wasn't 21 yet. Okay. Um, so but you were, started, like, almost there. I was, like, a month away. Okay. A few weeks. Um, so they started drinking. They started inviting some of our friends. We had a group chat across staffs with mm-hmm. um, those of us that were, like, tighter than just being coworkers. And so we people kind of started to trickle in. I got there somewhere in the middle of the party, and we were drinking. It might have started to get a little rowdy. We turned <laughs> the music up a little bit. But we were the only ones on campus, mm-hmm. and we were having a good time. And then all of a sudden— Where was this? Was this in the it was apartments? In yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's this, like, <laughs> on the door. Oh, and it was like— That's a public safety knock if you didn't— <laughs> Like, you know the difference between, like, a public safety knock and just a regular a knock. knock. Yeah. Well, and there's, like, levels. There's, like, a, a regular person knock, and then there's your RA knock. That right. your knuckles, and then the public safety knock that's, like, I'm about to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, so we heard that, and everyone was, like, it was, like, a record scratch. Like, skirt. <laughs> like, if that doesn't hey, happen at a college me. party, then, like, it's not a party. Not because, a party. like, everyone has to be crawling out the windows, hiding in the shower. And that's exactly how it was. Yeah. I hid in the shower. So they knocked, and we all stopped and looked at each other, and we were like, we are in deep, <laughs> deep. And everyone just, like, shut up immediately, and we all looked at our friend whose apartment it was, and we were kind of like, you have to answer the door. Ooh. And we all knew what was about to happen. Yeah. And one of my friends grabbed the bottles and tried to put them under the sink, and as she put them down, she clinked them together. Oh. Just a little, we were all like, shit. Mm-hmm. So everyone scattered and hid and so the way the apartments are set up there is a living room small dining room kitchen and then there's two bedrooms one bedroom has an attached bathroom the other bedroom has a detached bathroom they're both full baths so everyone hides people go behind beds they go in the showers (laughs) under tables behind desks somebody climbed out the window I mean it was like classic like movie scene right and so I'm in the shower so the attached bathroom has a full tub the detached one has just like a little shower no tub Mm -hmm. so I was standing in the little shower no tub hugging my friend with the door shut and we were just like oh my god we're busted we're busted we're busted and I was like and so they let him in and public safety was just on a power trip forever Mm -hmm. and they came in and they were shining flashlights and they were yelling and they were gruff and we were all 20 and drunk Mm -hmm. and I was like 
they're gonna find us. We have to come out. Did they know that you guys were all art? Well, yeah, because everyone was off campus. I don't know what they knew. Okay. At that point, I don't know. Um, and it was two public safety officers, and I don't know how many cars were outside. I there were more people there than cars, but it was clear that we were like having mm-hmm. a party because uh, we weren't sneaky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're gonna find us. We have to come out. I and I in my head, I was like, I would prefer to just voluntarily come out than be dragged by public safety out to the couch. So I was like, Abby, we have to come out. We have to. And she was like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, public safety went away. Mm-hmm. And I had already made up my mind I was coming out, so I did. So they went away. The, like, flashlights went away. The voices stopped. And we both came out. And a couple of our friends were sitting on the couch, and we went and just sat with them. Somebody lost their shoes. I don't know where they went. We were just sitting, and they told us that one of our friends had ran out the door, and public safety had to chase him. And they brought him back in handcuffs and (gasps) sat him down. And so there was him, and then... That's so dramatic for, like... For what it was. Right. Yeah. Him. There was him and then five of us. Three SRAs in that bunch of people who came out. There were 14 people at the party. All right. Mm-hmm. Which three SRAs is a lot. A lot. That's like literally half uh-huh. of housing staff. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And yeah. So there were 14 of us at the party. Six of us got bested. So... Public safety came back. They had everyone on the couch. They were talking to us. They brought in a sheriff. They gave us oh all a breathalyzer. They checked our IDs. Um, How over were you? Like, not. Okay. I don't remember, but I You weren't, like, plastered. Like, no. Okay. I think only one or two people were plastered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of our senior area coordinators came, Joe, and half of his staff was at this party sitting oh. on the couch. And was he your AC? No. Luckily. Who no. was your AC? My AC that year was B-Jax, Brandon. Oh, okay. I yeah. About I, we had Lovey the year before. Right. But I had Brandon, and he was, anyway. Um, yeah, Joe said, like, no words. He was just so, like, disappointed dad. Uh. And the sheriff just said, I think you have enough to deal with. Just the, those of you under 21, wait until you're 21 to drink again. So they left, and we were sitting there. And we went into the bedroom that public safety didn't check. And there were, like, eight people crammed in the shower. Wow. Behind the beds. Um, The people who, the girl that ran got away. And we went in, and we were like, hey, they left. You can come out. And I forgot, when, um, when they were chasing that guy out, and we were sitting on the couch, someone tried to come out of that bedroom and run. And I motioned for them to go back and hide because public safety had only checked half the apartment. And with those of us sitting there, that was about how many cars were outside. And I was like, I don't think they're going to finish their job. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. So we came in and we were like, you guys can come out. Like, it's fine. And it was like mood killer. Oh. Like the biggest mood killer. So we what were, were you all... thinking at that point? Did you know you were? I knew. Okay. Well, because because of who I am, I was like, so here's the deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those of us that got busted had already kind of like disgusted a little bit while we were getting breathalyzed Mm -hmm. and we had just kind of decided amongst us like we're just going to take the fall and we just said here's what's going to happen tomorrow they're going to call us in for meetings in the morning they're going to fire us and that's going to be that Mm -hmm. so we're just going to take the fall you all keep your jobs and there were some people 
especially those that had been RAs with us for a couple years, because everyone who got busted was in their second year. Those of us who had been together, the people who didn't get busted felt so bad and they were like, no, we're going to like give ourselves in, turn ourselves in. But it's like, what the, what's the point? And that's what we said. We were like, if you do that, you will also get fired. Yeah. So there's no point in that. Yeah. We're just going to take one for the team. And we did. And luckily we were all down bitches and we kept (laughs) our story straight. Good. They questioned all of us about the girl that ran. And we were like, I don't even think it was the girl in the pink shirt. They asked us all about This is what kills me. I don't know if this was your experience, but every time I got in trouble, and I would like, I got in trouble a lot as an <laughs> like three or four times. I'd like have a boy over, get in trouble. Like, I never got in trouble until then. I got in trouble a lot. And every time I did, it was always like them trying to like get me to rat other people out every single time. And it was so annoying. Like one time, the one time I got in trouble because I had a boy over spending the night. And this boy was also an RA. And... I, I don't know if I think maybe the person that told on me knew that he was an RA, but didn't know who it was. So just said like, oh, yeah, she had another RA spending the night and um, I wouldn't tell her who it was. And it like legitimately went on for like, I want to say like an hour and a half. Oh, my God. It was so annoying. Yeah. In our meetings, they tried really hard to get us to tell them who it was. And we all just said, I can't remember someone with that color shirt there. I'm sorry. We were drunk. I have no idea. I don't know who it was, so everyone mm-hmm. kept their jobs. We are, mm-hmm. I'm really proud of us for that. Yeah. I and because that's hard to get like oh grilled. twelve people on the same page. Like yeah. yeah. Well, and I um it it's kind of a double edged sword because I feel like after I got fired, I lost a lot of my friends who were RAs because mm-hmm. we weren't doing the same stuff anymore. But looking back on it now, I'm really glad that we did that, and I feel like that's an experience that I can look back on and say, yeah, I would do that again. Mm-hmm. That was in line with my values and my integrity as a person. And I would do that again. I would do yeah. the fall again. Yeah. And oh, I thought you meant go drink at a party no, underage. I would, I would also, <laughs> no, I You're like, that, that is too. me as a person. That underage drinking. Me, 100%. <laughs> You're like, I am an advocate for underage drinking and partying. Thank you. Teen drinking is very bad. Teen drinking is very bad. <laughs> Yo, I got a fake ID though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... I would do that again, though, because I think... Yeah, I mean, like we said, their rules were just too strict. strict. But after I got fired, I got really depressed, and I felt like it was Mm -hmm. the end of the world. Because I think as an RA, it is your entire identity, because you are constantly just working with your residents, working for them. And you work. Yeah. Well, and they beat it into you that, like... Once you're an RA, you never stop being an RA. Right. Your residents will always see you at the bar and be like, right. hey, that's my RA, and that's who you are forever. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think they didn't give us enough agency to have an identity outside of it and have 100%. our own lives, especially yeah. like at school being a student outside of it. They really had expectations that were too high. Definitely. And so even though it felt like the end of the world at the time, if I hadn't gotten fired, I wouldn't have a business right now. I don't Right, think. because I think you think you wouldn't have worked for... I don't think long-term, and I think I would have gotten more into being an RA, and I think I might be in higher ed or teaching Mm -hmm. instead of having the realization that I wanted to own my own business right right now. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I know. Full circle. (laughs) (laughs) But it felt really embarrassing at the time being fired. Yeah. It was like, I 
I didn't get in trouble in school. I've been a people pleaser for my whole life, I think. And I, I, my biggest fear is getting in trouble and getting yelled at. Even mm-hmm. now, I hate getting in trouble. So I just did everything I could to avoid it. So that was the first and only time I had really been in trouble. And it was such a huge fuck up that it was like, my life is over. I am 20 years old and my life is over. <laughs> um, How did you tell like your friends and family? Oh my God. I, well, I had to tell, obvi- my family and I are really close. So I was like, guess what I did. No. <laughs> um, and I was really afraid that they were going to be like, wow, you're the worst. We never want to talk to you again, which is so silly. Um, and it was so funny. They just kind of rolled with the punches. And yeah. My pop was like, it could be worse. You could be on drugs. Yeah, like, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad that they were really supportive. I had to tell, I mean, most of my friends were at the party. So I remember you calling me the next day because I was already home yeah. since I wasn't an RA. And I remember sitting on my mom's porch um, and it was cold outside. And yeah. you telling me like we all got fired last night. And I'm like, what? It was crazy. Yeah. And I knew 100% that if I had been an RA, I would have been there. 100%. I probably would have been like flashing like, my tits on the table. On the table. <laughs> I would have been like no shirt on plaster. <laughs> absolutely Uh, yeah so I don't know I think that uh, I totally agree that everything happens for a reason I always think about ledger anytime I think about that I'm like obviously getting pregnant in college was not a vibe it was (laughs) not the plan but again if I didn't have him I wouldn't be in Evansville I wouldn't be in this house I wouldn't like be happy I wouldn't have my own business anything yeah. about my identity that I resonate with now would not be the same yeah and that's it's crazy it is crazy but it makes you thankful and it makes you kind of look at what's happening now in the present and things that might not be totally ideal it makes you think about them a little bit more and realize you know yeah well, and I think things like that happen that feel like a really big deal. Not to say they aren't because they are getting fired, getting pregnant. Those things are big deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when your circumstances are unplanned, whether it's getting fired or getting pregnant, and it can feel like I don't, I can't even imagine what my future looks like now because this wasn't in my plan. Especially for me, I think for you too, though, but I was big on five and 10 year plans and I had my shit planned out and I knew what I was going to do. And as an, a, a real adult, I've realized that you can't really plan no, because life will do whatever life does. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely good to have goals and yeah. good to have a sense of kind of what you want to do. General trajectory. Yeah. But like... As you get older, you just realize that you can't control a lot of things and you just kind of do your best and you kind of wing it every day. But also, more importantly, like you realize that everyone is in the same boat and everyone at our age is just kind of figuring out what they want to be, what they want to do, who they want to associate with. Like, it's such a, um, not like a cliche, but like, I totally think that your 20s are for discovering, you know? Well, I mean, even our parents, 
being an adult and realizing that your parents are just people mm-hmm. and realizing that they also have no idea what's going on. They're just better at figuring it out than you because they've had more experience is a big eye opener and helps me make choices knowing that I'm not the only one who yeah. feels this way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good way to wrap us up because <laughs> my last question is um, give me like your one liner piece of advice. This is the part I should have considered. <laughs> did I tell you about this? I think you did. And I was just like, yeah, how hard can it be? <laughs> how hard can it be? It's my one liner piece of advice. Which I guess it depends on like who you're talking. Like if it's yeah. a teenage girl, it's going to be different advice than someone else who's 25. Yeah. I think, I think generally, Advice for being a person. Um, I think my best advice for anyone is because we all hit those moments where we feel lost or stuck or like we're fucking up our lives and we can't make any of the right choices. Mm -hmm. And I think my best advice for everyone, regardless of stage of life or life experience, is that I think it's important to, when you hit a low like that, to... Look at your life and take stock of your life and consider what you, what parts of your life make you the happiest and what parts are the most fulfilling and which aren't and move forward grounded in what you want your life to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that is trusting that you can figure it out and you will figure it out and that there's no wrong answer, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I think that's something that I've learned a lot as an adult, too, is that I, I had a lot of anxiety in college because I felt like every decision was a life or death choice and that all of the choices I was making were wrong. And what if I made the wrong choice? Then what? And I think I figured out as an adult that there aren't wrong choices. Mm-hmm. There aren't good or bad choices. They just are. And if you find that you've made a choice that you don't like anymore, you can always course correct and do something different that you're never too far gone to come back and do something that's more aligned with what you want and who you are yeah it's so fluid it's so forgiving I guess um everything seems to always pan out the way it's supposed to and I think as long as you like go forth with um kindness and love and acceptance for yourself and others then you'll generally land on your feet yeah honestly and I think there are a lot of times too that I felt like I made a choice that wasn't fixable that was irreparable whether it was in my life getting fired or whether it was fucking up a relationship and feeling like oh my god I'm, I'm never gonna come back from this and I found that people are a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. and I think we don't give the people in our lives enough credit for their resilience and their ability to move forward with you Mm -hmm, definitely so there it is folks (laughs) your life advice from queen ellie (laughs) thanks for being here buddy thanks for having me yeah so i will put um like all of your socials and stuff in the show notes which i just learned how to do thank you very much um But yeah, if you want to check out Ellie, all her socials will be below. And then also, if you want to book a boudoir session, definitely. What are your dates? What are your open months right now? Well, right now I'm booking through July. I used to book months in advance, but with COVID, I have reined it in. and I book just a few months in advance, Mm -hmm. a season at a time. So right now I'm booking for the summer. Um, 
towards probably the end of June to mid July, I'll start booking for the fall. Okay, cool. So do you do, um, shoot, what am I not sessions? Do you do like mini sessions? What's it called? Yeah. Like mini sessions. Okay. Um, I do mini sessions once a year for past clients. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Yeah. So check her out below. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>